I'm more of like, I know if I've played well or not. And you know, you can go on whatever app you want and go on and say, oh, he's not played well because he's got a six point whatever rating or on some kind of app. But if you've not watched the game, you've not seen how it is. So, but I think obviously it's nice to have and know stats like that, but I think it doesn't define how you play. The official Manchester City podcast. Nadem, our guest today, joined City at the age of eight, was promoted to the under-18s at the age of 15, and later went on to captain the under-18s to the national title in the 21-22 season. He then broke into the first team, age 17, made his senior debut against Bournemouth, and is a fantastic player and a really good guy. His name is Rico Lewis, of course. Tell us about this one, because for you as well, similar path similar position, operating a similar part of the pitch, come through City's Academy. You must be excited about this. Do you know that intro as you're reading it out? Like I wanted to do like a big round of applause. It feels the sound effect just like doubling there. It's like, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. And you know, we talk about him joining the club at eight. It's only 10 years ago. I forget how young he is. And I think some of that's down to how well he plays, how he fits in with this group of players. But he's at the very start of his career and he starts his first season with the treble, you know, and he's Someone that I can see playing for many, many years. I think he's just signed the new deal as well. It's the type of person you want at the football club. People who are humble, who understand the football club, who want to get better, who want to be in this environment, who want to like push themselves and push the football club to try and get to the next level again. So I'm looking forward to like listening to him speak for a prolonged period because sometimes you get it after a game. You know what I mean? But at that point, how can I not? You try and not say anything for two minutes, more or less. <laughs> but I think we'll get a chance to see what he's like today as a person, and I get a feeling that I'm going to like it. He's been very impressive since he came into the team, not just for the level of performance, because obviously he's very technically astute, etc. But also this kind of this intelligence, which Pep keeps calling out, and something I want to ask him about today is this. Pep is constantly talking about how he is someone who understands and retains information that's a bit of a killer weapon i think rico has got hasn't it yeah i think i think it certainly can be i remember many years ago to talk about when i was in the academy i think it was either paul power or frankie Vaughan said i will give you information and the ones who take it on board the first time will likely play at the highest level if i have to give it to you twice you're likely going to be in the second tier three times third tier fourth time and so on it's very simplistic mm. But the more I played, the more I realized that not everyone's good at taking the information and understanding what's going on. I think there's a reason why some of the best years that people have as players are when they're in their late 20s, early 30s. And it's yeah. because they understand the game. They can take on that information, understand the why, know why they're doing it, know why this will cause this and that will cause that. It's not to say you will definitely be successful. We can see it clearly. So I think when someone has that sort of asset in their armory from such a young age, that's unbelievable because most people might never get that throughout their entire careers. But for Rico, like it's instinctive. He gets it. He knows it. He gets information. He takes it on board really well. And as an 18 year old, shouldn't fit in with the one of the greatest teams in the history of football. Yet still he did and was a big part of it. Yeah, it's been an incredible story, a rapid rise. And we're going to try and get to the bottom of some of it now. City and he scored a goal as well. Rico, thank you for joining us on the official Manchester City podcast. I wanted to start at the beginning 
for you? Well, how did your interest in football begin and, and when did you start playing? It first started when, obviously, my dad owns a gym. You know, I'd always be at the gym with him and then we got a ball in there, just kicking at a wall and stuff like that, you know, from like two years old, three years old. And then obviously my dad's seen it, my mum's seen it and they were like, well, let's just get him in a team instead of just playing football in the gym. And then joined the team, my local team in Presswich. And um, yeah, since then, just getting scouted first for Bolton and stuff like that and then for City. Made that sound really effortless there, actually. No, yeah, you know, I've realised as well, looking at you, like, when he says the start, it's not that long ago. No, it's not, to be fair. It's, not. it's happened it's quickly, like, so I'll it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to say, that wasn't that long ago. No, that yeah. was 2000. Yeah. You mentioned your dad there in the gym. Just talk about his influence on you, because I was trying. To, I was thinking about it before we came on, boxing, footwork's very important. I mean, it's it's probably given you some, some key skills, hasn't it, you know, with his gym involvement? Yeah, I think... Um, He's helped me a lot with, you know, general fitness. Just being in the off-season, you're working with him. But, you know, like balance, you know, footwork, discipline, stuff like that. And I think something you can't get from just training football. Like, there's different types of fitness training and, you know, different sports. Just like tennis, there'll be different kinds of training that you'll have to do and stuff like that. Now, he's helped me a lot and he's never told me to do one thing, told me to do football, told me to do boxing. He's, um, he's always pretty much sat on the fence and just gone with whatever I wanted to go with. Which uh, Sunday league team did you play for? Prestwich Pythons. Well, they were just called, at the time I joined, I joined when I was four or five and it was, they didn't have a team, it wasn't like a team yet, we weren't old enough. Okay. So I was playing with a year above and then once that year I had a team, I went back down and we were called, they were called Prestwich Pythons. So, yeah, that was, um, I think when we got to like, when I was about five, that's when we had a team. And were they good? Were no, you? yeah, we were quite good, to be fair. We, obviously, there was a lot of popular teams in the centre of Manchester, but, like, in terms of on the outskirts, we won quite a lot of games. We, we um, Back then, I was playing midfield. So, um, yeah, we scored a lot of goals and stuff. And, obviously, a lot of my friends that are there, that was there, I still know them now. I still speak to them um, every so often is that, when I can do. Is that Balco Vale? Was that near you? Or did they not exist nah, anymore? No, nah, they weren't near us. But... Um, trying to think of a team that was in it so a player that I used to play with that came here was Luca Thomas he played for a team in Bolton they were kind of like our rivals so to say yeah and then when I joined Luca was already here so obviously me and Luca had, had um, some like incidents <laughs> in the past it's funny that you know when coming through my academy the reason I mentioned Balcavelle is because they were the two twins, Nathan Jonathan Delay, they played. My academy team was made up of people who basically played Sunday League in and around Manchester, like Fletcher Moss is everything. And I remember we used to get destroyed by all these other teams, destroyed. But then all of a sudden we arrived at the same place and listen, it was relieved to be playing with them. But I've got to say, you said something. You said your team scored a lot of goals. You didn't say you did. No, I did. I you was, did? I used to make like, that. Back then I was probably the best in the team. Okay. Just... I don't know, I was midfielder, I was captain, I was on free kicks, everything. Free kicks, you throw-ins as well? Throw-ins, corners. I used to score like so many like long shots, everything. I used to practice in the garden. And then when I came to City, obviously, maybe the level was just different because when I came to City, I was not midfielder at all. Straight away, playing full-back. Really? From basically the off, because the difference between, even at young age at seven, between Sunday League and being in the academy, I felt so out of depth, you know. Massive jump for yeah, you. Yeah. And massively, like, just to because we used to just do loads of technical little things, just footwork and stuff. And 
I couldn't do it at first. But obviously you get it once you once you've done it a few times, but you know, it was so different. Basically going from being like the the main person in the team to being probably the lowest, one of the lower ones. But no. That's probably a good part of your development though in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that you played in midfield there, because we saw you play pre season in a pretty high midfield position. And you were the best player on the pitch. Phil Foden came up to us afterwards and was like raving about your performance. Is that why it's been easy, do you think, for you doing the, the hybrid role and then in pre-season playing a bit further up? You've, you've kind of played there before, haven't you? Yeah, I think even in like like all the way through, I've not all, only played full-back, you know, like under 11s, I've played centre-back, like left-back a lot of times. You know, I've, I've always been like number six, right-back. Like it's It's kind of been natural, so... Even though it's different in a men's game to go and play in the middle, being on from being on the side, it's it's not as big as a jump as it would have been if I didn't have the help back in um, like my younger ages playing different positions. Because I think if you come up just knowing one position, then you will struggle more than if you know a few. It's a relief, you know. I'm glad I'm not coming through now. I knew one position. Yeah, they'd be ask, asking <laughs> you to do all sorts. Yeah, that'll be ball boy. You mentioned before about doing a bit of different condition training um, with your dad and, and stuff like that in the summer. What do the fitness guys at City think about that? Because presumably they come with a plan for players. I mean, you tell them that you're going to do this kind of stuff. and I don't think it's that strict, really. I think they give us a plan. But I think, you know, you know your body more than anyone else. So I've been doing it since, you know, I've been at City. Every time I've been off, I've always done stuff for my dad. And it's not like I'm going and playing a football match where I could get injured. I'm, I'm in a gym with, you know... Not like a random teacher, it's my dad who I've always worked with, so there's no risk in getting injured. I think it can only do something good for me. And, you know, even my dad, he would tell me if it, if I've done running one day and then I'm asking to go in the gym, he'll tell me, probably don't want to, you know, do too much. But, um, no, I don't think the fitness coaches or anyone really minds. I think it's a good thing. Is the gym in Presswich, Whitefield, that kind of yeah, area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, so the, there was an old one, which obviously I was in since I was two. And then in about, I think, 2017, 2018, he moved. But it was literally about five-minute drive away. So it's it's always been in Whitefield. And have any good boxers come through that that gym? There's been loads. I think, obviously, it's Thai boxing, so it's not like... It's not as um, popular, I'd say, as boxing in the, in, in the UK anyway. But there's been loads of, like, fighters that have come out. They've fought in, like, competitions and stuff. Like, even my sister... She was a British world champion for 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 her age group and stuff like that. People aren't as aware of Thai boxing as probably are boxing, but um, no, there's loads of people. I wanted to talk about. I mean, we we touched on a minute ago the, the the rapid progression. I mean, a key moment felt like when you were invited on tour of the US last summer, um, and then you got a chance to play against Bayern Munich, and you took a couple of players on, hit the post, and. My perception was from that moment, Pep was just like, right, this kid's got something. Did that feel like a, a big moment for you? Like a sliding doors moment? You got, you know, a, a change your career almost. Yeah, I think definitely. I think, you know, I'm a big um, believer in, you know, what's meant to be is meant to be. Like, whatever happens, there's nothing you can do about it. It's meant to happen. And like, you know, I think back to that game and like, there's no, like, I don't know why I even started dribbling. Like, I think... When I came on, he just told me to do everything simple, just pass the ball, you know. And he, in my head, I was like, sometimes you want to come on, but you're young and you don't want to mess up, so you're kind of nervous. You don't really want to come on, but obviously you do. But yeah, I wasn't, like, it's just one of those things we get a throw in. And it's one of those things that's just, it just happened. And it's almost like because I hit the post, people were more interested. 
I know maybe if I scored it would have been different, like, but you know, it's meant to be. It was an amazing little moment, just beat a couple of players and, and hit the post. I remember I was it's like, your dream, though, isn't well, it? I was down on a pitch level because it was towards the end of the game and I'd come down. So I was like right behind and I just saw, I was like, whoa. And then from that moment, so you almost skipped the EDS year, which is very unusual, isn't it? Do you, you played some EDS matches or not? So I had a season with the 18s and captain, then captain yeah, in the yeah, 18s, yeah. yeah. And then the next season, I would have been 23s, but that was last season. But when I was with the 18s, I played a few games with the 23s and obviously I played enough to get the trophy as well with the 23s in the same season. But I never really had the season with the 23s, if you know what I mean. I was going to ask you about this as well. Pep constantly talks about your like in-game intelligence, if you like, sort of like sporting intelligence. He seems to have seen something in Rico where he thinks... He absorbs information and if he tells him to do something like he sees the he sees it in action in training straight away have you have, is that your kind of impression having having watched him this guy yeah it's not bad to be fair yeah. it's not it's bad not... i remember i think we'll talk about the game but i was working for another broadcaster need not be named no free ads on this podcast and it was the leeds game in december and after the match you know everyone else wanted to talk about the Haaland scores, Grealish did this, this did that, whatever. But like he was one of the most impressive players on the pitch. And when I asked Pep a question about a youngster that's coming to the team, all the praise was just getting poured out for him. That was the biggest thing that he saw in that match. And I'll be honest, like I love, I love Pep. He's one of my favorite managers of all time. If you ever spoke about me like that, I guarantee you'd never <laughs> see me again because my life would be complete. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's that's the thing because that was going to Ellen Road. You made it look very comfortable, but that's one of the toughest grounds to go to yeah. in English football. Not easy. Yeah. And like, I, w I wanted to ask this question based on the stuff that you hear, because you're receiving praise from me, you received it from him, you received it from others. Like, how does it make you feel when people do talk, talk about you like that? And you're even in the room. Yeah. Uh, I think, depending on the person, really, if it's like on Twitter or anything, I don't really listen to it. I don't really, you know, take any notice. But if it's someone that I appreciate and someone that I see as, important to me it's like it means more than anything you know to be recognized especially by someone like like um pep who i've watched coach for years and stuff like that so for him to be talking about me it's almost like it doesn't really make sense if you know what i mean but obviously i like it and then it's just it's kind of more fuel to you know do better and you know get more and stuff like that in regards to say you how you missed that eds year as such do you think today, in your second full season, essentially, with the team, do you think they're seeing what you're like as a person, not just on the field, but off it as well? Because I think when you go from being around your peers, you know, when you're around people at your own age, you act basically like you're around people your own age. But all of a sudden, you're in the dressing room with people in their 30s, people who've done it for years and years. Are you settled now to the point whereby they see you or you more so feel like you're a youngster within that space? Uh, I think it's quite difficult because, obviously, last season was... Like, I didn't know what was going to happen at the start of the season and I was just thrown in and I was with them for the rest of it. So it was difficult to kind of fit in, obviously. Luckily, I had, like, Cole there to uh, and Phil, obviously, who were younger. And obviously, like, now I've got a great relationship with Cole and Phil and uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the players. But I think definitely now I feel more, like, part of the team, if you know what I mean. Obviously, I still feel like young, like, obviously, I'm still only 18. I'm still like the youngest by far, but it just feels like I know everyone more, everyone knows me more, you know, and it's more like natural. I'm not like, I'm not scared to, you know, go into the physio room and ask for a bit of treatment, 
because I don't want someone to say something or something like that. But it's just like more comfortable, you know, being with people for a year, you know, you get to know everything about them. So even though I'm not like how I probably would be with my age, but it's a lot better. And for me, I think it's easier to play football that way where you're not worrying about, you know, external things when you're just focused and comfortable in your own space. You can see that. And also now you've signed a new contract as well. That must be another little moment where you're feeling more established and a more part of things. Yeah, I think it's it's like one of those steps where it's like one well, you've signed, you kind of you know you're with them for at least another year and another two years, another three years. Obviously, depending on how you perform, you know that'll that'll decide where you actually are within the squad. But the actual moment of signing it and you know getting everything done, it shows that they value you, and um, you feel again like part of the squad. Why is he, why is he so humble? <laughs> Taking a leaf out of your book. Nah, because you didn't hear me talk when I was 18. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Was What's, What is the deal? Like, where does it, where does that come from? Because I imagine other kids, or not kids because you're a man, but 18-year-olds in your position who were playing for Man City in this era, who've just come off the back of winning the treble, wouldn't be talking in the same way that you're talking. Where does that come from? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speaking really. I don't know. Uh, I kind of learn off other people like how... I've seen people, you know, be a bit cocky and, you know, take it for granted and how quickly everything can change, you know. I think if you're just how you are normally, like, I'm just being, I'm not, like, trying to put on a show for anything. I'm just trying to, you know, learn as much as I can. And, you know, if it goes wrong, you know, I've got no, you know, I've got nothing to be embarrassed about because I'm just trying to learn. But whereas if you're being cocky, if you're showing off, you know, it's you, you. Obviously, you put yourself out there, which is it can go both ways. Obviously, you, you could look good if you're constantly good, but I think even if you play good and you're not really, yeah, yeah, your head's not level, it can uh, can turn against you. And what about winning a treble in your first proper season? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you've had a quite a quite a journey there. It must be must feel fantastic. Yeah, uh, I think at the start of the season, to be fair, I was talk. Obviously, I was still doing education last season. Uh, every time I'd go over there, they were always asking me, "What do you think?" Because obviously, Arsenal were ahead for a lot of the season, and you know, we could, we started off a bit slow, and there was a bit of patches everywhere. And then we're like, you know, how do you feel? Do you think you're gonna? And I and I think I start from from the start of the season. I thought we were gonna win the treble. I told my dad. I told everyone. I think we're gonna win it, but. Obviously, it's easy to say that now because you know. But no, you actually I, did I genuinely say it. did did think we would, and obviously it's it's amazing to win it. But for myself, I'd like to be more part of it, you know, in the future. And that's one of my goals. And I think, I think my goals have never been to win trophies. It's just be more like someone who someone looks to in the team to be like one of like I looked up to Gundogan, who was just amazing last year. And I think a lot of players, even the older players looks up to him as someone who was just reliable in the team. I mean, you say be more part of it more, which I'm sure you, you, you want to do and you want to play every week. But actually, for a player of your age, the amount of games you played last year is more than more than Phil at that age and, and Cole and people like that. So actually, you, you were really a significant part of it last season, weren't you? No, I, I, obviously, I know I played my role. I know I played my role, but I'm talking like that Gundo last year, how he played so, like, he was so important to every like nearly every game Roger pretty much played every game obviously it it was kind of like if I'm playing it was not a shock but like 
I think it got more t- towards like the middle of the season where I had like quite a few games in a row. People were more like like happy to see me play and like stuff like that. But I think at first it was like, obviously I'm playing. It's kind of a shock to everyone where I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm I don't know if I'm gonna play. I do I don't know if I am. But yeah, I mean just like being more of a regular. But obviously that'll come with time. I hope. Which um, which game from last season do you think you you played the best in? Uh, I think I'd probably say either the Chelsea away game where I came on at half-time because I felt like that that was more because it was nil-nil and we were struggling a bit and it felt like me and Manu came on and then, you know, we changed the formation and we started playing a bit better and then we ended up winning and it was a tough and it was a 1-0 win and something like that. But I think based on starting the game and playing pretty much all game, i say Tottenham at home was one of my, one of my, um, even though it was like a, again, it was like we were 2-0 down, felt like I played well in the game personally, anyway. That's, you see, that's one of the things about, as a player, you kind of know how you've played, yeah, when you walk off and sometimes it's not directly linked to the result, but it's a tricky one because sometimes you can't, like, if you've played well and your team's lost, you basically have to rip it up and put it in. No, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's a bad, that's bad, you know. Best feelings when you played well. Nah, and you win. Yeah. And you scored. How many goals you scored? Nah, so far? one. One. Just Sevilla. One. Champions League, though. So. Yeah, I was going to come to that. The Sevilla game, obviously, a huge night for you personally. Uh, you score a goal. You you break a record. Should have so. crossed in, by the way, but carry on. Didn't see anything. I'll you be honest. You weren't looking. I that's didn't, why. No, I just literally just score. That's <laughs> all I saw. That's all I saw. You became the youngest player to score on his first start in the Champions League. You were 17 years, 346 days. And you took the record from Karim Benzema. I mean, that's that's not too bad. Then you got a load of praise after the game from Pep. Standing ovation when he came off. And then the following day, you were in here doing education and stuff like that. I mean, how did that fit? You know, that that's what, what was it like the, that morning when you woke up? I mean, no. did you sleep that night? And That night I was up until about 4am, 5am on FaceTime to my mate. Literally just saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. My mate from Leeds, who I met from England, like very good friends of mine. Literally just couldn't believe it, couldn't sleep. And and then obviously the next day it was just like, because obviously when you play your full match or like over half a match, you get, um, what's it called? Recovery day. So it's kind of like a, it's just a relaxed day. And it was like just taking it all in. And then obviously I had to go and do education, which was a bit annoying. But it was nice to see uh, everyone over there as well, um, because everyone had something nice to say. So, but no, it was just, amazing like that whole week was just amazing here's another stat for you you had 92.2 percent pass completion in the premier league last year which is the best rate of any teenager in the top five leagues across europe how much data do you care about and because obviously here we can provide you our data science guys they can provide you with any numbers you want does that interest you or are you more of an instinctive player who just knows kind of how you're playing and that kind of thing? Not that I don't like, but I don't think stats are not good, but they don't define how you play. I think I'm more of like, I know if I've played well or not. And you know, you can go on whatever app you want to go on and say, oh, he's not played well because he's got a six point whatever rating or on some kind of app. But if you've not watched the game, you've not seen how it is. So I think... With like stuff like passes and that, I think in a city team, I think everyone's passes are going to be high because, you know, we dominate the ball so much and we have to wait for the right moment. So, but I think obviously it's nice to have 
and no stats like that. But I think it doesn't define how you play. What do you think of that stats debate? Because they're becoming more and more a part of it. But I agree with Ricky. You can't it, your eyes are more important. I, than yeah, I, I think I think stats can help, but it's alongside watching the game itself. You know what I mean? Because say if you've got a game where pass completion is really high, then some of it might be due to the nature of passes that you're playing. Whereas someone, as they get further forward up the field, the pass completion might go down, but they might be able to have more key passes. You know what I mean? But like, you'll know that from watching the game itself and seeing like, what does the manager want you to do? What does the team want you to do? Like, can you, are you afforded the opportunities to try things? Or is it more simplistic from your standpoint? But like I say, it can, it can help. But I think some people are trying to read a game according to the numbers that are written on a shit of paper. But at the end of the day, you watch it like even, this is me, mini rant here, I apologize. At the end of the season, City win a treble. People say they were always going to win the league, they were always going to win the Champions League, they are always going to win the FA Cup. But if you watch the games along the journey, then you know that they've had to fight hard for every single point and every win that was attained. But for those who don't watch it, they see the scoreline and assume that they've just won easily again. So they, they sort of pass that on to the next game. Well, of course they win because they won the last one. So that's one where a stat is the scoreline, but doesn't represent the full story because there have been plenty of games where the toil was right there and plenty of games where say when you finish the next day you're tired because you've had to work hard to win the game as well but in the mind of many oh, it's the easiest game in the world they got it this step they had the possession they scored the goals and then nothing happened well absolutely not another debate is about over over coaching tactically you know so getting kids in an academy and 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 they're so kind of they know the position so well it kind of detracts from them being creative or doing things that are off the cuff we've got a player called Oscar Bob in our in our uh, academy he's actually stepping up at the moment into the first team he's not like that he's very free with the ball and he's played in other academies across the you know he played in uh, Portugal and, and and played in Norway what do you think about that do you think that there is a danger in England that we may be over coaching our players and and restricting them a little bit or do you do or do you still think there is that freedom to to beat players and, and be creative. I don't really think there's a, a problem because I think if you look at the game now of how in-depth everything is, it's so much more than, you know, 10 years ago where it was not really much tactical. Whereas now you're coming up against teams where they're tactically, you know, setting up to your players on the pitch where, like, for example, most of our games, people just sit and block. So... Although we need the creative, we need people that will stay in the position so it can unlock, you know, different things. So it's it's relative to what's going on for what team. But I don't think, I think, for example, when I joined City, it was like, it wasn't tactical. It was more just technique, everyone getting the technique right and stuff like that. And I know that the academy's changed now where it's not like that anymore. It's more, especially young players, it's just games and stuff like that, which is good for when you're younger. But I think as you get older, especially at City, it's like position-specific work and, and stuff like that, which you need because you need to... At the end of the day, it's it's kind of like your job, isn't it? So if you end up not being a city and a team wants to buy you, you need to know... They need to know what they're buying. If they don't know, or he can, he's a fullback, he's a centre midfielder that can do this, they need to know what they're buying and what they're paying for. So I think, although, yeah, they need to have a creative side, they need to know their structure as well. Yeah, I, I think the idea of people being overcoached, I think it kind of misses the point in my opinion because the way that I see it, if you look at, say, like England youth, for example, across all the ages, they're all supremely competitive in Europe and globally now. 
to the point where you can see like the women in the World Cup final, see the men get into Euros finals and it not be the strangest thing in the world. The 19s or the 21s are all doing well, yeah. yeah. Like, And at the end of the day, you go out and you play, you can have an idea in your mind, but you still have 11 other individuals standing in front of you who might do something you expect or they might do something that you don't. But you now, you're not playing against mannequins, you're playing against other professionals. So even though someone's told you, you know, wait to get the ball here and pass it there. Well, if you can't pass it there because someone's standing there, do you know what you do? You play football. That's the nature of it itself. You might gain an understanding of why you want to be doing something in particular, but you still have to play the game that's in front of you, which is why, as I say, it's good to be coached, but you have to know how to play the game as well, which I think has never left uh, English football. But what do you think of Oscar Bob as a, as a player? He's got a chance, do you no, think? He's, he's like so good, especially, again, he's another player that can play quite a lot of positions. He's played, especially with EDS, he's played like, he's played nine, he's played 10, he's played on the wing, but, He's just so good at keeping it in tight spaces, which is what the manager likes. I think people that just keep the ball, and it's so important, I think, especially uh, for how we play, keeping the ball, because we have so many men up the pitch. And obviously it's a risk with within having so many people up and you know, maybe just having two centre-backs back and them dropping deep. But people need to keep the ball, and that's the risk. If we keep the ball, we'll kill teams. But if we don't, obviously you can see that we can get counter-attacks. There can be problems, but... I think Oscar's really good. He's um, and he's obviously he's another na- really nice person. Yeah, he is, and uh, I think he. I I was impressed with him on tour. Certainly impressed with him last season for the EDS. I thought he was uh, Could I go absolutely off amazing. Piece just for a second, go for it. Really, really like technical question here. There's a ten, ten by ten box. Yeah, two goals, two goalkeepers in. You and Oscar one v one first to five. If you score, you keep the ball. Who wins, you or Oscar? No, I think I'd win. Just because you see that defending, yes. I think defending is more important than that. Okay. Just because if you can't defend, you're getting killed yeah. in that little box. So. And you think you're scoring think, off here as well? I think I think it would be close. I'm not saying I'd kill him. <laughs> no, you but, said it now. Yeah, yeah, really no, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. But uh, it would be. I think it would be close. But I think I'd back myself. See, this is this is that's why this is why you got me on the pod. You know what I mean? For little things like that. Yeah. What about when Pep came to watch you as a ten year old? Tell us. So the next ten year old he goes and does that too. What 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 was the feeling you get as a ten year old when you see him there? I don't know because it was it was in the middle of a possession, so we were doing a possession and in the dome, and then you just see him on the side and you know we always have there's always like a cardboard cut out of him in the dome, like just I don't even know why it was there but then it was and then obviously he's walked in and even though we were, not everyone had even noticed yet but we just like seeing him and it was like just weird and everyone. You know, a few passes start going out and, you know, people get nervous. But it's just, it's it's amazing to just see that he's actually there. Because obviously, you know he's here, but to see him live in the flesh and watching us and stuff like that, it's just, it just just it just proves that he's interested. And even if he's not interested, he's he's there and he's going to make people think he's interested. So it's just, it's it, it, was, it was really good and, you know, everyone was buzzing after it. We've got some questions that we ask all of our guests, um, same ones each week. The first one is, what would you change about football? If you could change, you've got a magic wand, you can change anything to make it a better sport, a better game, a better business, whatever it is. What thing would you change? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this counts, but I'd just take away social media from football. To I be think honest. that does count. That counts. 100%, yeah, it definitely. Yeah. I'd, I'd just say, you know, you can watch TV, you can have your opinion, but I think. Social media does more bad than good for players. 
when people are just getting hurled abuse when you're not playing well, it's not going to do any well for you. It's not fair either. And it's, obviously, it's not, at the end of the day, it's a job and, you know, not many people get hurled abuse at just for doing their job. But, um, I know it's relative, but, uh, yeah, I'd probably say that that's the only thing. So do you use, do you look at comments and stuff like that and not bother? I tend to not look at comments or anything. You know, I'll, I'll go through Instagram and go through stuff like that, but I don't have Twitter or anything like that. I don't bother with it. The next question we ask every guest is, what was the last thing that you binged? Could be Netflix, album, music, film, whatever. What was the last thing you watched or enjoyed that was you really, really loved? Yeah, the Tyson Fury documentary on uh, Instagram. It's pretty good, to be fair. It's funny to just see his life, just how, like, different he is and, you know, how he is with his family, how he is with his, his dad and stuff like that, but yeah. It's pretty good, to be fair. And then we always ask each guest to leave a question to our next guest. We're not going to tell you who that guest is. They're they're in football. They're connected to City in some way. Uh, so, what question would you leave for our for our next Any, guest? Anything. Anything. I'd say, who's your favourite artist? Because I think music and music uh, can tell you a lot about a person. It's can't, you can't, we can't do this. You see what he's done there. He's given us a little Easter egg about like he's into his music. Yeah, he's gonna walk off. I know. Yeah, we need to know. No, 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 no. So, so let's tell me about you. What are you? Who are you then? Who am I? Yes, and you say tell me about your music taste. Explains who Everything. you are. No. Ev- no, 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 wait, no, no, no. Everything, but day to day, it's specifically yes. It's little baby. Yeah. Dirk. Yeah. And young boy. And what does that make you? That makes me someone who's into a specific type of music. Yeah. But I'm more, because some people are beats and like the feel of it. I'm more lyrics. Really? And knowing like, I love to know all the lyrics to every single song and like the meanings of it and like. The skill of it basically. The things like they're talking about and like what they're talking about and the backstory behind it. Okay. What about you then? What are you into, Nadam? You have to tell me. Well, you see, I'm into everything, you know. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no well, I got specific. No, the people the people you mentioned, are they're really good and they're interesting because they all tell a story. But I'm into, like, say, the likes of Kendrick Lamar, J. Mm. Cole, because they've got an ability to say something yeah. and say it in a way which makes you think about it. Like, with the double entendres and stuff like that, there's so many layers to what they do that rapping is an art as opposed to something that's just a livelihood. That's why they don't release very often because when they work on something, it takes long. They, yeah, they work yeah. on it, so it'd be people but that's what like I mean by that. everything like that as well. I appreciate stuff like that. But yeah, I, I do listen to I do listen to everything. If it's got a nice beat to it, I like it. Fantastic. Like some of the best music, like Afro beats, because I'm from Nigeria. You know, like I'm a piano uh, from South Africa. That's a nice vibe. Stuff that makes me cheery. But then also. I used to be in bands because I used to play bass guitar. So I'm in some uh, rock as well. I did not know you played bass yeah, guitar. Yeah, so I'm into, so I'm into some rock as well. Ex- is this a no, world it's exclusive? Not, it's not, but I'm into that as well. But I like the skill and the way people can create something. And when people create something that not necessarily like is from an algorithm so everyone will like it, when you can see that they've literally paid attention to their craft, that's that means a lot to me. If you're a bass player, do you like jazz? Yeah, I do, but I don't listen to jazz because it's not top of my priority list. We'll go into Matt and Fred's then, me and you, the jazz band. So <laughs> Bernardo in there once, actually, so we might, but I could bump into him. So one last question then. Our last guest was a, a Manchester City historian called Gary James, and he left a question for you, which was, what advice would you give to the eight-year-old 
Rico Lewis. Enjoy, enjoy it like much more than you're gonna enjoy it because throughout my whole thingy, including school, including everything, I was proper stressed. So I used to stress about being on time. Well, obviously that's important, but like everything, just just enjoy it because I used to be so scared to make a mistake, so scared to, you know, have a bit of fun in school. And obviously it's made who I am today, which is obviously a good thing, but I wish I'd just not be as bothered. You know, sometimes you get too bothered about stuff and especially with me, I'm so, <clears throat> I'm already uptight with everything. So, and my, obviously it's helped my parents out because they've never had a problem and stuff like that. It's but, a golden boy. Hey, it's an yeah, yeah, I like no, this, seriously, yeah. seriously. But um, yeah, just enjoy it more. Even though I did enjoy parts of uh, everything, but yeah, just enjoy it. Well, that was class. I've loved this. Yeah. Nice one. Thank you so much no, for joining thank you. us. Nice one. And good luck for the new season yeah. as well. Nice one. Thank one you very much. Season isn't enough, by the way. No, but I got rubbed a few assisters. Ah. Oh. Well, when he went to bed last night, he would have dreamt of not only starting but scoring. Here at the Etihad, a dream come true for Rico Lewis. The official Manchester City podcast with Rob Pollard and Nadem Manua. Nadem. That was... You got a uh, big smile on your face. Think was, you enjoyed that one. That, well, that was... Well, I thought super impressive. Do you know, for a young lad, I mean... I mean, first of all, we know we know he's a good player, but the way he spoke today, the humility, the, the intelligence, um, super impressed with him. Really yeah, am. 100%. He's, he's a great kid, you know, for as much as he's a really good player, he's a great kid. You could pick that up from a distance and we've just picked that up from just spending like half hour with him. And he's someone who, like, he loves football, but he's so, so humble. And when he's listening to the amount of praise that he's, he's listened to, you think he could have taken him in a different direction. But he's so well-grounded, listening to his history, seeing the way he talks about stuff. He's very mature as well. Very mature, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that could... took me back a little bit in some ways. Yeah, but it shows that he's got a good setup around him. You can see that, you know, he just wants to be better, but then also understands that for as much as that was an incredible opening season for him, like he strives to do more, wants to be a bigger part of things going forward. That's what I was going to say. I think the thing that struck me the most was that that he is absolutely not resting on his laurels no. at all, is he? I no, mean, no. Some people, you think they've, they've, they've had this rapid rise, they've skipped the under-21 level, they've gone straight into Pep Guardiola's first team, played 20-odd games and won a treble. No. He sat here today, kind of... Absolutely, he's not putting the brakes on at all, is he? He wants more and he wants it. He no, wants it quick. Not at all. And I think, I think that's a fantastic sort of like attribute to have to have an understanding that there is more there, because you know, as I say, he's just completed a treble. That should be, that's enough for a lot of people. You know what I mean? But he understands that he didn't play as much as he would like to. But then he also understands why. You know, he'll understand why certain people are ahead of him. And he'll know the level that he needs to get to to be in a position whereby he can be like a Gundogan and be an essential part of that team. You know, there are young players who I came across who solely focus on styles or focus on the wrong people. But the fact that he's talking about Gundogan being a role model, like, come on. He name checked the right people, didn't oh he? Oh my gosh. Gundogan, and Rodri. Oh, I mean, and he said it with all this chest as well. Like, yeah. that's what he's passionate about. People who do the right things, who want to do the best they can for the team and make a big difference for a side as well. So, I'll be honest, like, I love the kid. I think he's so good. He's got a career ahead of him, Ali. There's no doubt about it. Because that attitude, and you can totally see just from that conversation today why Pep 
is impressed. Yeah. yeah, 100%. But I've got to say as well, so I posed that little question to him about the 1v1 with Oscar. And he still had that look. I had the dog and he was like, nah, I'm winning that. You know what I mean? Because it's, some people can be too nice, but he's still got that edge in there because he will back his own ability. And he'll make sure that, say, if he did go up against Oscar, he's going to shut him down the same way. Whoever comes up against him on the weekend, he's going to do everything he can to upset them. Yeah, that was one of my favourite episodes, I'm not going to lie. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us, of course. And thank you to everyone at home for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you do your podcast listening. As I've said in other previous episodes, if you do want to suggest any guests that we should have on, you want to ask any questions, you want to tell us things that you like, things that you don't like, please, please do take the opportunity to do that. So we will hopefully see you soon. The official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus and Recast now.